On today's episode of the Unveiled podcast, Bryce Harris and I discuss how to ask for what you need. And in actual fact, we give you a great big Unveiled business update by using the recent experiences and challenges I've been having and the curveballs that the universe has been throwing me left, right and centre. And we take those to explore the topic of understanding, recognizing, asking for, and then getting or not what you actually need. We go into how to have conversations with people if you need to ask someone else for what you need. We go into how to really tune into the future and recognize from the center of your being, not your mind, what it is that you actually need. And in so doing, you tend to realize that what you thought you needed might not be what you actually need. We then discuss masculine and feminine dynamics and how the different dynamics within someone might mean they ask for things in a different way. More importantly, we share with you how we ask for what we need. Welly, 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 well. Hello, everyone. My name is Brace Harris. And my name is Victoria Fenton. And we are... Unveil, and I apologize, everyone. That's the second intro we've tried, and we'll probably just leave it like that, to be fair. Well, I thought Little Clockwork Orange was... Above the heads of most of our listeners. No, not Clockwork Orange. Come on, everybody. That was that one, right? Right? You know that one, right, Victoria? I've not seen any of these things. Remember, Bryce. I mean, I mm. do. Yes, energetically somewhere, I do. Yes, but <laughs> that sounds really esoteric. I didn't mean it like that. I meant yes, I'm familiar. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't making it like some magic record access that I suddenly have full familiarity of Clockwork Orange. <laughs> oh, hi, listeners. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast. Um, we're so excited to have you all here uh, today. We're going to kind of switch up our style just a, a little bit. Do we even have a style? I feel like we switch it up quite often to keep people on their toes. It's evolving. Yeah, there we go. Love mm. it. The evolution of the Unveil podcast. Uh, today, we're going to start off with a little bit of an update about the business and everything that's going on. Because as of last week, we were in one place and this week we're in a completely different place. And I'm sure many, many of you out there can resonate with that. Uh, it's like you think you know what's about to happen and then you run into the storm called life. <laughs> and it's like, ha, 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 you thought you were going this way? I don't think so. Victoria, do you want to fill us in on your adventures? Yeah, so to I use think... the word. <laughs> oh, lordy me. So, um, I basically think last week's episode tempted fate and we mm -hmm, put mm -hmm. a big flag up to the universe saying we're embarking on new chapters and the universe went really new chapters. <laughs> okay. I'll give you some of that. Yeah. Right. You want new chapters? Try this on for size. True. True that. So around, I don't know, say four hours after our podcast was actually released, I received an email um, mm -hmm. and that email shared with me the rather devastating news that my appointment that was booked at the uh, US Embassy in London had been canceled. Which was for your visa, correct? It was for my visa, yes, that we discussed last <clears throat> episode. And, yeah. um, and there's a few more details which I will give because they're kind of relevant. Um, so my lawyer had made a mistake with the paperwork. Um, one, one question. Now, if anyone's applied for any visa anywhere, you will know that there is mountains of paperwork and 
we're dealing with two different systems and with the one it just is insanity the way it all works when you actually break it down but it ultimately I um it was interesting the way I handled it and we discussed it on Monday night actually because I was really much more zen about it than I would normally have been um and I wasn't militant against my lawyer it was like we just need to have the conversation and get it sorted um mm -hmm. but the long and the short of it is the upshot is the sorting of it has meant that the question was corrected eventually and I have a new appointment booked except the new appointment is on is at the end of April I'm, I'm not even giving mm. the date properly to people yet because I'm like a bit hesitant so who knows <laughs> shall we not tempt fate I'm once more exactly I literally was recording an Instagram earlier and I was like mm, I'm just gonna like hide the date a little bit <laughs> So, but it's at the end of April. And for anyone listening to this in the week it's released, we are currently we're recording this on the 12th of March. It'll be released on the 14th of March. So, well, it'll be released at the time I was supposed to be at the embassy having my appointment. Funnily enough. Funnily enough. So, oh, it, um, it's interesting because nobody but me really got the implications of this. I even messaged you when I finally had the date and you were like, oh, yay. And then I was like, the implications of this are as follows. And just so you all know, because we view all of our listeners as a family here, I will be staying in the UK for all of that time, basically because it's the right legal thing to do. I, you know, I'm not legally allowed to work in the US on an ESTA and so haven't been and haven't been basically doing any work that earns money. We've been recording the podcast, we've been recording courses and stuff like that, all with the view to me being back in the US in May and launching everything mm. officially. Um, mm -hmm. So it changes everything and it changes us to being very much out of the sink of where we thought we were gonna be. So our launches were scheduled for the beginning of June. Currently, if I get back at the middle of May, that gives us two weeks to record six and a half modules, plan a workshop. <laughs> I don't Not a whole lot of, <laughs> no, a whole lot of opportunity to probably productively get that done. Right. And we're good. But it would be a, a, a crayon, a crayon graph. <laughs> like here is yeah. your window of tolerance. It's like, mm, maybe not. Maybe crayon not. for that one right and also to be honest recording that much in two weeks would push us far out of our window of tolerance which is not the energy we want to bring to our videos so in case you hadn't realized by now sure. we are very much about uh nervous system safety and that comes from us we have to lead by example so we make sure that we create from a space of peace and safety and uh complete uh satisfaction with where we're kind of at um, and when we're not in that space, we don't do anything that day, do we? We, we stop and we like, we do we not focus on, we work. Yeah. On literally the task at hand, which is what are you moving through? What are we moving through? What's the company moving through? Like, that's what we focus on mm. and we are so much the better for it mm. instead of pushing stuff under the rug and saying, okay, we'll deal with that later, which is I think the natural tendency for most, right. we meet it head on and we're like, we're going to, we're going to correct this mm. or not even correct it, but we're going to move through it. And it gives us a much, I keep getting a vision of a sailing ship. It's like much clearer skies. 
mm-hmm. it's like we're heading toward the storm and we move through the storm and we do it properly. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden the clouds break and you, you can see where you want to go mm-hmm. and it's much smoother, smoother seas instead of pushing it down, pushing it down, pushing it down and just letting it fester and become an even larger storm that one day sinks your ship. Mm. And we are not about sinking our ship at all. No, not ever. So we have been very attentive to whatever's alive in that um, moment. And that means that Mm -hmm. on Monday night, we had a conversation and it's really funny because we did it kind of the opposite way around but the we we've spent about a couple we spent two two two-ish hours um on zoom and the first hour we really went what is this for what is this Mm. delay for not woe is me that was the second hour (laughs) (laughs) well and i'm sure so many so many out there can can uh, like resonate with with what we're talking about it's like okay what does this mean? And then it's like, okay, we're grieving the plans that we had. It's like, mm. okay, how do you, how do you move through that and move through it mm. uh, efficiently for yourself and and honor what you're going through as well? Yeah. And that first night we didn't have the new appointment and we were really very much looking mm. at six, 12 months potentially uh, of mm. delay. So it very much was, we sat there and actually it allowed us to go, there's something that doesn't feel in alignment with something that we're doing professionally with the business. Mm. And it took us back to not so much to the drawing board, but it actually made us realize who we are as coaches. And it's, it's very, um, it's very easy to not focus our energies because we are, we literally are multi-skilled coaches and we have such a holistic package within our, particularly within our premier packages with all the medicine and all the everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it becomes very tempting to make us applicable to every situation. And technically we could take on every single client and we've been very almost vague within some of our marketing, some of our speak. It kind of like is, it lands us in between two stools, if you like. Um, and so very much on Monday, we really owned who we are as coaches, which is we're healers, actually. Mm-hmm. And that difference and that shift from just coach to transformational healing coach is really accurate for Unveil. It's not a secret. If you've been at all with us, you kind of, you will know that and you'll, you'll be like, well, no shit, Sherlock. It's a very British phrase, but you get what it means. Well, keep digging, Watson, or get it out of my ass. <laughs> needed to finish that but okay yeah (laughs) so and you'll all be like well that's damn obvious and it's like it is Mm. if you're listening to this podcast if you're following along with us you will know that that's who we are but it hasn't been on our website in that way it is now um but it hasn't been as clear as it could have been on our website and more specifically it hasn't been as clear on our souls as it needed to be and really stepping into that place of healing and it, you know, it calls a lot into question. It, we've, we're not, and I don't want to talk specifics about it today because it's a bit like we'll decide and cross these bridge when we come to it. But we've reevaluated the financial elements of our business, and you know, there's when you approach this work from true service, you have to approach it from a, an element of really wanting to deliver to anyone who really needs our work, and that is a real pledge that we made on Monday night. 
before we got to the, this sucks, this is really annoying and I want to be miserable and rant for a while. <laughs> right. Which I did. Yeah. Great. So it's interesting because moving through this journey this week, um, and you'll have read the title of this podcast, which is how to ask for what you really need, which is like a bit left field of where we've started. Um, but actually this week has been exactly about that for me because on Tuesday, I managed to get the date of my appointment. Um, on uh, Tuesday night, it got deleted from the system on the embassy. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> right, by which point we were just like, because I, I, we, we finished talking and I texted you and you were just like, what? And I was like, I know, but I wasn't stressed at that point. I was just like, I have yeah, like, oops. Um, by Wednesday, I had another date. Yay! Um, <clears throat> but of course, it's, it's effectively... Um, two months longer than I was going to be here, April, a month and a half longer than I was going to be here. And we'd already had the whole, oh, I made the decision to like rent a property and be on my own. And it's like, okay, so I, what am I doing now? Am I continuing to rent a place? Am I going to move in with my family? Am I like, what am I actually, all of these questions. And mm -hmm. it's very typical for me. And I think this might be the case for a lot of people where I have this, I'll take what I'm given attitude. Like the mm -hmm. universe will give me something and I'll, I'll take what I'm given. And for me, the process. And when you do that, yeah. When you, when you do that, how does that feel? You just, I just, I'll take what I'm given. Thanks for noticing me. Right. Well, and it's interesting because that's the way I've kind of lived my life. It's been this opportunity mm -hmm. here. I must therefore take it because wow, the universe is being benevolent. And actually tuning into what you really need. <laughs> well, it's a step above. Mm -hmm. Most people don't. Like, if you think about it, people, I mean, it's even in, like, like old parenting, just be grateful for what you're given. Like, right. It's there. It's written into the narrative and <clears throat> written into the mythology of the cultures that we grow up in. And how, how good does that feel? As well, I, I, take what I'm given. Mm. Well, it's interesting for me as well, because when I actually think about it, because I have the extra layer of all my illness and the nearly dying and all that kind of stuff, the whole, I should be grateful to be alive. Therefore everything else right. is a bonus attitude comes in and you're like, right. Really? And didn't, you don't feel well, I would assume one would not feel comfortable asking for quote unquote more. It's like, you're alive. Be happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and then there's almost like this guilt and shame attached to asking for more when possibly deep down inside, you know that you deserve more, mm. that you are entitled to more, that it is your right to have more, that actually the universe, God, everything that... I don't understand, encourages you to ask for more. Well, and it's. And then we're told not, then not we're told to. basically not to. Mm. And it, it's that interesting thing of. Which dishonors you. Absolutely. It's but you it's, dishonoring yourself. Yeah. 
Yeah. And to ask for what you need requires so many things. It requires mm -hmm. believing that you deserve it. It requires yep. actually knowing what it is that you need or want. And those two are different, yes. but can be very similar. Mm -hmm. um, it requires courage to ask. Mm -hmm. It requires language to ask. It requires, mm -hmm. you know, actually literally knowing the words to use. And it also requires uh, a lack of attachment to the outcome because nobody says that you ask for what you need and you get it. You just need to be able to ask. Mm -hmm. And that's, mm -hmm. it's all of this stuff that's caught up in it that feels, that puts pressure on the whole asking for what you need thing and means that people often don't. People are often sitting in a life that they've kind of fallen into rather than asked for. Mm -hmm. And you, you swallow your, I don't know why I'm thinking of this, swallow your porridge and be grateful for it. Mm. Drink your turnip broth and I don't want to hear anything else about it. And it's really interesting, actually. And just to be very um, sensitive to the time that we are living in right at this moment in time. And I do want to, to raise this because it's very um, first world attitude to be having this conversation when, particularly about visas, and I'm going to be UK specific because it's where I am and I, you know, it's relevant for the Europe situation at the moment. But um, when, you know, Ukrainians, because time specific, we're in the middle of Russia attacking Ukraine, um, are applying for visas to the UK government. And there's only been 300 available and like 2 million people have left Ukraine. Uh -huh. And it's very, uh -huh. um, I'm very conscious that it is, very common for people, particularly political activists and people who are very invested in these global political scenarios to want to say to people like me who are whinging about a, a six week delay in a visa appointment to want to say, well, you know, there's more important things happening in the world or, you know, why do you get to ask for what you need when, you know, there's people dying? And that's, to be blunt, it's many things but one of the things it is is toxic positivity it's toxic mm. shaming um and it's in denial of our own innate instincts of self-interest which mm. is trauma so to say that to somebody you are actually attempting to inflict trauma on them because trauma is the denial of the instinctive response from the human or the animal so just to put that out there before we go on to the next sort of realm of this uh, podcast, because it's really very relevant if you're listening to this right now and thinking, I don't have any right to worry. I don't have any right to have fear. I don't have any right to feel upset when I'm watching war being raged. Atrocity. Yeah. You absolutely have every right to feel how you feel. You're within your life and you're within your body. And if that is giving you fear or anxiety or pain or suffering or anything, you don't need to minimize that just because some people are going through hell. You get to have compassion for them. But if you want to have yep. compassion for them, you have to have equal compassion for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. You I'm can't expect. Yeah. So just, just, just needed that. Sorry, finish your sentence, Bryce. No, no, no. I, I, I'm so glad that you went into that because it's very, very relevant. And those wires get twisted uh, and crossed um, when we discuss things like this um, and looking out for 
ourselves. It's like, yes, there is gratitude in everything. Gratitude should always show up. We should know how fortunate we are, but not at the expense of denying ourselves. Yeah. Mm, yes, 100%. Um, and to move this into, so, okay, how did I move on then? And I think it's really interesting because I have moved, we have moved so drastically this week, just based on this um, whole scenario. Um, and, you know, when we spoke earlier in the week, I very much was like, I'm going to refresh that appointment page every single day. I'm going to get a cancellation. There's going to be one available. It's going to come forward. It's going to, it's going to happen. And we even had a whole conversation about uh, manifestation and what's the correct huh? thought process to think in terms of make it happen. So we're not approaching it from a place of lack. We have to approach it like it's already here. And we had a whole conversation about this. We did. <laughs> yeah. We did. Yeah. Which I think was important because it got you to where you are now. Right. I feel like, which Absolutely. is. Well, and it, this comes because this is the first step of asking for what you need and it's recognizing what you need. And I recognized at some point over the course of the last day or so, I kind of tuned into myself and I thought, well, if I continually refresh that visa appointment page, like a million and one times a day, I'm living in a space of one uncertainty Two, one foot out the door all the time. You know, I, I'm living kind of like always trying to get to the next step. And three, living here, not wanting to be here, which brings in three elements of real um, stress to the nervous system that I would be voluntarily putting myself into because I was campaigning for a cancellation and a change and a something. And I clocked that and I was like, what I actually needed, every conversation we had before I left, every even all of our last conversation where we spoke about the properties and where I was going to stay was about giving me certainty and safety and the feeling of ability to exhale. Mm -hmm. And so I was going to sit in my place that I've invested in to exhale, basically bringing stress and anxiety and uncertainty into the situation, which is insane because that element of it was a choice. Mm -hmm. Do you, would you say that that would have been coming from the perspective of scarcity and lack kind of going uh, back to the manifestation thing just for bit. a moment? Yeah, a little bit, but also through fighting reality, you know, okay. basically we had a whole conversation about the universe, like giving this for us, what is this for? And then we, I mm -hmm. spent the next conversation saying, well, even if the universe gave it to, to us for something, it can't be right. We need to change it. <laughs> yeah, the universe couldn't be right. No way, no. No, no way. <laughs> and it doesn't, like, honestly speaking, I am not going to not refresh that page and try and get a cancellation, but I cannot live here from a place of resentment. I can't do it. Mm. It just is unsafe to my nervous system. And that's the key. And I all I did, and this is a key for anyone listening, and this is, you know, we're trying to use my experience to cross relate to everyone else but what i did was i projected into the future and essentially this is how you recognize what you really need it's like 
take the circumstances mentally in your brain and project in your mind's eye into the future as if that is the circumstance. And how does it feel in your body? How does it feel? What do you, what are the thoughts that come up when you project into the future with that thing that you think you need? I thought I needed a sooner visa appointment. I thought I needed a cancellation and I thought I needed, you know, just to keep refreshing that page. And if I just tried hard enough, the universe would work. And I felt uh-huh. into the and- future. And I was like, and, Ooh. well, okay. Tell me what Ooh, was. Is that good or bad? I couldn't no, tell. Bad. 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 Okay. okay. Wow. I need to go back to acting school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bad. Like my nervous system could feel physically how that was going to feel. Mm-hmm. And so what I thought I needed actually was the very thing I didn't need. And so that only came up because I took myself into the self-projected like idea of that future. And this is really important because a lot of people are wandering around thinking they need things that they don't actually need. Mm. And this is something I want to point out. It's like you, you have been referring to what I thought, what I thought, what I thought that I needed, what I thought. And then when you felt the feeling was different than the thought and the feeling from the body is what you actually needed to ask for as opposed to what you thought you needed. A million percent. And I'm actually evolving this kind of thought process. I haven't shared this with you yet, Brace, but I'm evolving this mm-hmm. kind of idea of how the mind and body work together. And what mm-hmm. I'm starting to ground into my, my perspective is that the mind is an important part of this. Like people say mindset is everything mm-hmm. and we approach life from the perspective that that's not the case. Mindset is a little part of stuff, but somatic stuff mm-hmm. is also really important. Mm-hmm. But the mind and what perspective can do is it can open the doorways and lead the body through them to then have the different experience and healing is had by experience and not by mental projecting projecting or mindset shifts. So I think mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. I was approaching it from, this is what I think I need. But then I, what I did was use my mind, which thought it was right. Cause it always does. Hello mind, you know, sovereign mm-hmm. brain capacity up here to walk my being whole being body, soul, spirit, emotions, and mind, mind still there, but walk mm-hmm. this entity into that potential future and go, what does that feel like? Feel like now, what do I think? What do I think about this? Because like, what I think is that like, I really like the plan we had for this year and I really wish it was <laughs> And I still think that, but what I know in my soul is that what actually happens is that universe, God, or whoever's responsibility, what all mm-hmm. I can do is navigate it, navigate through this place in the now. Okay. So all this, all this being said, and I love this, how could someone listening apply this process to their life? Like if they're going through something relative, not similar, but they're going through something. How can they apply this process to their life? How can we make it practical for people, I guess? Yeah. And I love that question because everything is cross-fertilizable. There's, you know, this is mm-hmm. how we do things. It's just method. It doesn't matter the circumstance. So I think the best recommendation I can have if people are facing into something is to recognize that their mind is not sovereign and just pull it off the pedestal a little bit. There you one. go. Mm-hmm. 
because all of the thoughts that you have are great and informative and useless for your being because they're completely, and we've mentioned this before, but they are just rationalizations about the future based on the past. Based on the past, yes. Yeah, yeah, and this, and that's one way of thinking about it. And human design is actually quite interesting because it lends you a different perspective on that. But basically, we can look at that. It's a pattern matching machine. So it's, it, and also, it's very attached to the visualization you had of the future. So it's going to stick with plan A, even when the universe goes, plan better plan b is better it's gonna go no no plan a because that's what that's the one i've played out in my brain yeah based on your experience from the past and and the discussions and endless conversations we've had about the potential future yeah so so firstly the throne your mind a little bit just take it off the place of wisdom and put it into a place of information but not truth and then really look at your future and what you feel into being the things that you think you might need. And, you know, if it's, I mean, this is just a, for instance, but if you're contemplating a relationship and you're thinking, do I want to stay in this relationship? Well, it's the need is the confusing bit. Cause it's like, do I need to say, do I need to leave? Do I need it's, and it's the details that matter more. And typically you're not actually feeling just about the relationship it's about the stuff that the relationship is bringing up so taking that sense of i need to be i don't know out of the relationship into the future and actually feeling what is what does this feel like and it's at that point where you have to go into the body and it's at that point where you have to use something other than your mind because the mind can map the scenario so the mind can think through all of the consequences say of not being in that relationship Mm. Mm. But the body is the only thing that knows what's going to feel safer because it could be that the consequences mentally about not being in that relationship are dire. But the body itself Mm -hmm. feels at home because suddenly it's not under the stress of being in the relationship. And it's that bit that you need to kind of project into the future and understand. And trust that because I feel like, uh, and I'm 100% guilty of this, people trust the mind more than they trust their instinct, their gut, their body their nervous system that's speaking to them because we haven't actually been taught to truly listen to that part of ourselves that that part has actually been denied over and over and over and over and over and over by society by our parents or however they were taught and so on so we have multiple um, aspects of life putting that part of our intelligence down and that is secondary and that is not real and it's away and listen to your your mind because your mind is the number one and that's not the case they all have to work equally and they all have to be able to jump into the driver's seat and a lot of the times all drive at the same time and when we can learn to balance mind, body, spirit, and what information we're receiving, we can see what aspect of us is acting out of fear or old patterns. And that takes a lot, a lot of practice. It takes a lot of practice to be able to distinguish the difference between what is really going on and what is a 
coping mechanism or a safety protocol that's getting um, actionized within. Does yeah. that? No, yeah. and I want to add some really important caveats to all of that because Brace is absolutely okay. accurate if you are in a space where it's safe to identify patterns. But yep. Yep. The, the ruler is the body. It's not that sometimes the mind can take the driving seat and it should. It should just be part mm -hmm. of the equation. It should give information mm -hmm. to the equation and all should be mm -hmm. present in the time of decision. But the decision has to come from the body because the body's only priority is safety. And there's two different scenarios here. One is you are trying to work on your own nervous system to shift what it feels is safe and not. And that's trauma work, that's somatic work, that's what we do with clients. The other is you are in a situation where you are trying to make a change and you need to ask for what you need. And at that point, it's absolutely appropriate that the response should come through the trauma and the trauma patterns because that's what you have in that moment to deal with. And if even if you're moving from a, and this is the thing that people don't love to think about, but even if you're moving away from a situation based on a trauma response, that's still correct for you in that moment because you're in the trauma body at that moment. So being completely re-traumatized by whatever the experience is that you're trying to move away from is never a place from which you're going to heal. Does that make sense? Because that's a very complicated, convoluted thing to try and explain that I didn't know we were going to get into today, but I just thought it needed to be thrown no, in. But I'm, I, no, but I, I'm so glad that you said all of that and just made everything much more clear. Uh, I, I say that because I completely was like, yep, I get it. But for those of you out there who are like, uh, what are we, what are we talking about now? I Let's need to trust my body. I don't need to try, like my mind is... Yeah, let's give you a specific because we spoke about this last week and you don't need to have listened to last week's podcast, but I spoke about having some stuff that I'm looking at at the moment and the recognition mm -hmm. that absolutely every single thing I've decided on and made the decisions on in the last 20 years has been happening through a trauma body. And that is not a negative. It is not a problem. It is not a, oh, damn, all of that was wrong. It's all of that was absolutely accurate for my body at that moment in time, given the trauma pattern that I was holding. And it's taken mm. me two decades to get to the point where I'm like, right, I need help to resolve this because now is the right time because I am safe enough. And trust me, yeah. it's a patch 22, but in order to truly address deep trauma, and mine is deep, deep, deep trauma and physical trauma as well, illness trauma, you need to be safe enough to be in a place to address the trauma. And a big part of my safety is my relationship with you, my, you know, the friendship that we have, the business that we have, that safety net has taken six months to build with the, the like constant connection that we have. And finally it became clear at about the beginning of February that it was the right time for me to do this. But that doesn't make any decision I've made in all of that time wrong. It makes it mm. absolutely right for my body because going back to human design, I have been responding from my body because I'm very good at discharging my mind now because of human design. It's a great system. I, I say this to people all the time. Like Everything about like modern, no, sorry, ancient uh, systems of philosophy and all that, they're all about getting the mind out the way to be in the moment, to be in the now. What I love about human design more than anything in terms of the system and the, the it's just a really good tool to keep reminding you that your mind is not your authority because it puts the authority everywhere else. It, no matter what type you are, no matter anything, the authority is always somewhere else. So 
for me, I've been making physical decisions using my body. What does my nervous system want? What does my nervous system want? And on the surface, they, those responses might look wrong or um, uh, misaligned or, you, you know, sort of imbalanced or whatever, or crazy. Uh, I'm okay with all of that because every single one of them was nervous system safety for me in that moment. The only yes, thing- Yes, you're bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> That's true as well. But the only thing I need <laughs> on top of that is the knowledge that my nervous system safety calibration is inaccurate. And at that point, I can address that. But going back to our relationship example, mm-hmm. it may not be from that relationship you can make a nervous system safety decision because it doesn't feel very safe to your nervous system. So it may be that your projections into the future get you out of it so you can do the stuff that you need to do that may then bring you back to it. Who knows? But everybody fatalizes all of this. It's like a life-changing end-of-the-line decision. Truly recognizing what you need is about allowing your body to be in the picture. And what you said before I put the caveats on about, you know, your mother told you that your parents told you that it wasn't okay and all that. That literally speaks to the definition that I gave of trauma 20 minutes ago or whatever. It's like you you described it perfectly because anything that is denying your current experience is trying to enact trauma upon you. And we do that to ourselves way more often than anyone else does it to us because we were taught to. Mm-hmm. So validating that sensation is the first step to realizing and recognizing what you need. And the funny thing is that once you recognizing, r- recognize it, asking for it is super simple because you realize that you really, really need it. Mm. <laughs> yes. So step one, then step two, what's... The next step, step three. I have no idea how many steps we've had, but good. Thank you for keeping track. Uh, <laughs> it's the asking. Like, how how do you ask? Like, how, how would you ask for what you need? Do you find it easy or do you find it hard? I'm interested. Me? Yeah. Um, it's much easier now. Oh. Because of the work that I've done. Yeah. Um, it was extremely hard before. One, because I didn't know. Hmm to even ask for what I need because you don't get to ask for what you need. Mm-hmm. And my experience in life when I did ask for what I need was pushback mm-hmm. in a lot of areas, unbeknownst to whomever or whatever was pushing back against me. Mm-hmm. And this is where the the inside work really, really starts to manifest in a major way, especially if, if you've been in it and looking at why you are the way you are and what has influenced how you are and how you think and how you feel about yourself. For some of us, asking for what you need is very easy. For me, it was always very hard. Now, I ask for what I need by literally saying, this is what I, this is what I need. This is what I need to feel comfortable and safe. And I don't ask for things unless I've really thought about them as well. It's like, how is, how is this going to affect the environment that I'm in, the person that I'm asking? It's like, and then I can approach my asking differently. 
I think that there is a way because not everybody is in the work. There's a way to ask for certain things from certain people, um, whether that be job, partner, friend. And it's important to understand that the other person also has things that they need. They think that they need. And if your need is denying them what they feel like they need, there may be some hardcore pushback, but you have to stick to your guns and not compromise yourself in order to make them happy. That's not a healthy maneuver. You have to hold fast. You have to make yourself the number one in this scenario. And that doesn't mean and, that you have to get exactly what you need. It means that you compromise yeah. to a level that you feel still retains your uh, integrity, integrity like, sovereignty, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's not just my way or the highway. It, a majority of the time, must be a compromise. Hmm. And that's okay as long as you are honoring yourself. As soon as you put someone else's needs above your own, you're dishonoring yourself. And I'm not talking about mother, child, father, child, you know, that kind of stuff. But if mom is not taking care of herself, resting, eating well, exercising, then how can she be the best mom for child? And I think we've said this before, one of our colleagues is like putting people in front of you is one of the most selfish things that you can do is that the more am I butchering his, his uh, butchering a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. You need to be selfish. Being selfish is the most selfless thing you, you can do. Being selfish is the most selfless thing that you can do because the best version of you gets to be the best version for everyone else. And you literally influence their life by being an amazing version of you mm. you make their lives better mm. so asking for what you need making sure that everything is aligned within yourself makes everyone's life better mm. why wouldn't you want to do that and it's so interesting because um it's like, particularly as women, like we have this compromising attitude of like, but what do you need? But what do you need? But like, is that okay? Like, is that okay? So mm. the funniest thing when we got into like talking about this topic and recording this podcast is that before we jumped on this like recording, we had a few businessy updatey things to do. And I was explaining to Brace that I have decided to stay here for the full time until my visa appointment. And I was explaining it to him in a way that was basically <laughs> trying to say, is that okay? <laughs> because obviously the business stuff affects Brace. It affects us both, but it affects Brace because we don't move forward at the pace that we wanted to. It's not just me that is the one that's affected. It's both of us and both of us and Brace's family. And, you know, all of the things that happen with that, which are a factor in the unveiled decisions, because I make sure they are. Um, <laughs> And so I literally gave Brace like, so what I'm thinking is that like, I think that I might maybe need to maybe possibly like, I feel like I think I need this decision. Is that okay? 
which is classic not asking for what you need it's classic <laughs> like squirming and basically asking for permission and not for what you actually need and that um mm. i don't actually know why it came up for me that way to be honest i haven't thought about it yet but um i feel like is it because mm. no carry on is it because there is a piece of you that's like i'm not allowed to ask for what i need Always. even with with yeah yeah with all the work that you've done there's still that small voice that mm. comes forward very powerfully mm. and oftentimes i reflect on on my illness and the whole complexity of the journey which no one will ever understand i'll never explain it i'll never get across the complexity of it Mm. Um, and in many ways I don't need to, I shouldn't need to make it a calling card for everything I do, but one of the biggest, most impactful things was about not being allowed to hope actually, and not being able to build any future. So I spent at least a decade on effectively that knife edge, how my mum used to describe it on the knife edge where tomorrow might not exist. And mm -hmm. It taught me a really valuable lesson about being in the now, I think, but it also taught me that really horrendous lesson of don't project into the future because you can't guarantee anything. You can't trust it. You can't bank on it. You can't like ensure it's going to happen because it doesn't, you know, I was going in one direction and talk about similarities. I was very much going in one direction when I got sick and it completely took my life away from me. It took every dream I had and made them absolutely impossible. Um, and so wanting something, asking for something seems churlish when like, I, I just should be grateful. It's where we started. And I also think mm. it's um, another deep part of what comes up for me with this stuff is people are not going to want to give it to me. Why would, why would they want to give it to me? And I think mm. that might be another equally important thing. It's come up a couple of times in the last few days, actually, with the few things that I'm doing. It's like I've actually said openly to people, oh, but they're not going to want to work with me. But professionals, I'm trying to pay for their services. <laughs> it's just like, oh, they're not going to want to choose me. They're not going to want to make time for me. Why should I take up space in their life? And I think this is another element that conflicts people for asking for what they need. Because if you're asking for what you need you're asking for somebody to give it to you usually which means you're making an ask to take up space in somebody's life and sometimes that's really hard for us to do mm. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you shouldn't do it though um and it doesn't mean you should uh -huh. go, go the convoluted way around the houses of like well maybe but is it possible if we could possibly maybe <laughs> <laughs> to the extent that when I finished my sentence, Grace was like just staring at me. And I was like, could do with some feedback here, dude. And he was like, well, it's your decision. And I'm like, it's our decision. It's Unveil's decision. And he was like, um, whatever you need. <laughs> yeah, whatever you need. I, I got you. Like, yeah. I'm going to support it 100% every single time. That's mm. just the way that it is. Mm. And so that's perfect. And so it's nice to, so would it's, would you say that it's nice to have someone to understand that, oh, they absolutely need this and it doesn't do anything but make my life better 
to make sure that I help that support them and what they need. I swear to God, it's life changing. Like Brace's influence in my life is what gets me to be able to look at what I'm looking at right now because I have someone who has me. Totally. That's beautiful. Thank you for saying that. It's true. You know, and we've had conversations this week where you've just been so committed to the journey that we're on together and therefore my process to get to wherever I'm getting to. Um, and that recognition that I'm doing all the things I'm the one that has to leave all the time. I'm the one that has to like <laughs> just yeah. be in the washing machine soup of life. Um, and holding me in that. And that's a valuable part of it. I could not do this without having someone there to, um, what's the right words? Cause it's not hold space. Cause it's a terrible phrase, but just be unflinching in their commitment to me as an individual. Mm. Yeah. Well, for me in, in that, and it's, it, it literally takes no effort from me because I understand that everything that goes on that happens is always for the greater good mm-hmm. the greater good for you for me and then it just continues to extend beyond that to anybody that we work with in the future um, anyone listening the experiences that we have that we're able to convey over this podcast, like it just continues to go on. So by you asking, it provides me with the opportunity to support, which then it's just a domino effect. But had you never asked, it would have never extended beyond. So I go back to taking care of yourself is one of the most selfless things that you can do and it's so ask for what you need yeah and i just want to make a point here about women and men so Mm. brace just nailed it men are looking to support to protect to nurture to defend to honor to cherish that's what men are actually biologically driven to seek so women Mm. We always struggle because we feel like we need to be a certain way for a man. We need to look a certain way, act a certain way, speak a certain way, not be a certain way, not say that thing. Not. But if you really show up, not in a damsel in distress way and be manipulative about it, but in a place of need and a place of asking to be supported, protected, nurtured, defended, given to, cherished, and you show up with that request in your aura, even if you fuck up the words, which I did. (laughs) But if you show up up with that request in your aura, men can't help but want to meet that need because it just is inbuilt. And that's not me giving you tips to manipulate. It's me saying... Be more honest. Don't wrap it up in trying to trap the man to do something by being passive aggressive or, you know, like manipulating and all that kind of stuff. Just show up with, I'm feeling really vulnerable and this is what I need. And men will just go, okay. Unless they say no. And then you really get to step back and be like, hmm, is this the man that I really need (laughs) boom 
goes the dynamite. Right. <laughs> and also, let's just try and flip this to give some help for men. And I haven't even thought this through, but I just realized that that's a very sexist way to run this podcast. So men, <laughs> to ask for what you need. Um, so women are designed to nurture. Women are designed to care, protect in a different way, but also... Um, receive women are designed to receive so it's the most fascinating thing to me that men don't talk about their feelings it blows my mind because women are literally genetically programmed to listen to the stuff that you have to say it's like it's in there so if a man decides to open the door of feelings and vulnerability and needs to a woman you are literally giving the woman everything she wants this is why women are so turned on by vulnerability like just to be blunt about it but we are the receivers. Everything about the female organism receives the man. It's just what it does. So if you actually show up with vulnerability again, but not vulnerability support me, but vulnerability hear me, vulnerability, this is what I'm going through. You don't even have to know what you need. You don't even need to make an ask because women are really good at knowing exactly what you need if you just lay out the problem for them. So just say it and the women will be like, oh, thank you. I love you. Go all gooey. And then they'll probably be practical and helpful and they will absolutely meet you in your place of need. Yeah. And, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there's a distinction in how men need to approach the asking of what they need, because I think you touched on it briefly, but it, there needs to be a strength and asking for what you need to know what you need and ask for it. It's not like, Oh, uh huh. Do you? Do I? Yes. Interesting. Cause I don't think that's a masculine feminine thing. I think that might just be a, like maybe a manifesto thing or something, you know, there mm. is, um, well, I know that there's a energetically, there's a difference between, And maybe, and maybe it's kind of what we were talking about. It's the asking for what you need, not asking for permission. Mm-hmm. It's more of a telling, this is what I need, as opposed to an asking for permission. Because in a masculine feminine, if it's asking for permission, it, it doesn't resonate. It doesn't come with the same energy and resonance. Does that make sense? It does. I think that this speaks to the individuality of human beings. So I would never Mm. tell someone what I need. I'm not a manifester. I can't. It's not in me. It's actually the way I work is very much here is what I'm feeling. And I I think this is what I need. Um, And I would like to ask you if not if it's not an if it's not a permission thing. It's about just sharing it with somebody and I think that Mm -hmm. men very much get the sense that they need to approach every conversation with the conclusion of the conversation already within their being it's a very common Mm. thing with men and it's like well if you've already got the end point in mind why have the conversation just go and do it like if you're having the conversation it's because you actually want something from the other person and if you're Mm. asking for a need you can't just tell it because as you said, there's some element of compromise. So a man doesn't might, might want to approach the conversation for, for this is what I need, full stop. But sometimes it might be, this is all the things I'm feeling. 
there's a need here that I haven't yet identified. Can we work together to identify it so we can both get our needs met? And that's a supremely valid conversation, even if you approach it from not knowing the end point before you start. Right. Yeah. And I think just by hearing you describe it a different way, it's definitely resonating, at least for me, that the energy and the understanding that is brought to the conversation is going to affect the the power of the request yeah, yeah, from yeah. both male male or female yeah it's um, like this adult conversation as opposed to i, I and i'm no i, I really get what I you're just trying to stay say. away from like yeah using terms that we don't necessarily agree with correct um but i and i i hear what you say and i really feel like this is actually brought us there's a confidence in it yeah Yeah. and i love what you've highlighted because it was brought us into an area which is like even more valuable than just the asking for what you need but it's recognizing that sometimes the what you need is not an internally derived completely known thing you can do all the tuning into your body you can do all of this that and the other but you might just need it to bring bring it to the table to have a conversation about there's something missing here and I don't know what it is. Can we do it together? And particularly in intimate relationships, that's such a good conversation because you might not know what it is. I mean, we speak about this all the time, but the need isn't putting the dishes in the dishwasher. It's something else. And you don't mm-hmm. need to be the superhuman coach brain, personal development aware. I'm able to identify my needs every single second. Approaching the conversation mm-hmm. just by saying, there's something and I'm not sure what it is and can we do it together is super, super healthy for a relationship. And actually it gets you both mutually into a place of need by walking in lockstep and holding hands. And that's, it's such a privilege to a relationship to have that strength within it. Yeah. And when you show up with the confidence that comes with that kind of knowing, maybe not knowing all the details, but that knowing the, your partner responds in kind. And if they don't, maybe time to reconsider the relationship, which can be a whole other podcast. Yeah. We'll not, we'll not go that far. (laughs) Right. But I love what you just said, because you just reframed exactly what you were talking about before, because you said, I think the man needs to know what he wants so he can tell what he needs. And what you've just said is approaching the conversation with such knowing internally that there is a need. You may know specifics, you may not know specifics, but it's approaching Mm -hmm. strength of there is a need that is not being fulfilled. And we are going to have a conversation because I know there's something wrong. That very definitely is that masculine, you know, um, the strength in the situation, but you don't need to be, you don't need to retain strength, but strength, that is a vulnerability actually as a strength. Like there's a, if something doesn't feel right. It's a vulnerability. Well, there, it's, could it go, could it go back to like masculine feminine dynamics? Like there's a masculine energy that yeah. comes with that knowing Yeah. and both men and women possess that. And you can, you can right. feel it. There's like, there's a strength to it not that women aren't strong but it's we're not talking about males and females we're talking about masculine feminine energy dynamics here um yes i think we've said the same thing like 30 times now but it's really interesting that you've brought it onto that as well and just to like 
cut this bit off. Like I, I saw, I was just thinking, and I think this might be accurate, but when you're having a conversation about a need, you probably are approaching it from your dominant dynamic as a human, which more typically in women will be feminine, more typically in masculine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. men will be masculine. So if, for me, just to like round this off, I don't think women need to approach the conversation, particularly with a man. And this is only with the significant others and male female relationships, but it's much more uh, like, um, it's much more appropriate, I think, for a woman to approach a man with a, you know, a, a, a request for protection and all the kind of things which is slightly more ephemeral and you don't need to be a certain, I think. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Try it. Try it, listeners. Tell us how you get on. You know, dive bomb your relationships with some requests. <laughs> Blame us. And you're always welcome to do that. And we should say this, actually. And I say this to my clients all the time. But if you want to try an experiment based on anything we share on this podcast, blame us. Like, say, I'm listening to these two weirdos on the Unveil podcast. And they're basically recommending that I do this. So let me try it out and see what happens. Always works because you get to put those caveats out there. But mostly blame Because Brace is the one that's fine. Blame me. Blame me. Uh, I'll be the the uh, fall guy it'll be good but uh so going back to asking for what you need is there anything that you feel that we haven't touched on one thing yes tell me we've touched on it in tiny ways but i want to really highlight it before we close out this podcast which is don't expect to get it Oh, so, okay. Well then, yes. Yeah. You know, just like this reality of you have to ask for what you need. You have to feel that it's right. But you also have to be really open with the expectations on the end of that need. And mm-hmm. if it's yeah. in the intimate relationship, be willing to work on it. If it's in a work scenario, be willing to walk away. You hold the power. Just because they have the money, you hold the power because you're a valuable asset. So be willing to walk away. If it's within a friendship situation, be willing to work on it. If it's with kids or parents, recognize that there's another dynamic within that that you need to be attentive to. So know it's a need, but be willing to work on how it looks to get that need met would be my final recommendation. Beautiful. Yep. I mean, you summed it up very nicely. I I do not have anything to... Add at all. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. Mm. Awesome. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I mean, again, exhausted. Great. Like these wonky days, like I do not know how I'm uh-huh. going to survive six weeks living to like at least nine o'clock at night before I stop, but we'll work it out. We'll get there. And thank you to everyone who's reached out to me with good wishes, by the way, on my Instagram and you know, my, one of my clients showed up in a call with somebody else today just to say, how are you doing? And I wanted to say it sucks. I was like, dude, I love you. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's been really reassuring to have people like swearing at the US Embassy. <laughs> well, the thing is, we're, we're going to get there. And yeah. we will keep everyone updated on how our scheduling is moving around, how the transformational healing retreat is going to shift dates and so on. Um, and the workshop might shift, but I, my pledge okay. at this moment in time is to keep everything where it is as much as is humanly possible. So we're going to work mm-hmm. really hard to make that happen. We have some really good people in our corner who can help us with the strategy and the rollouts if we miss or if we know we're not gonna make things. Um, But my instinct at the moment is to keep the workshop 
where it is, which is the 11th and 12th of June. And you can sign up now, which is at unveilenterprises.com forward slash workshop. Um, and to launch the online healing retreat potentially after that now it was supposed to be live at the time of the workshop but it actually doesn't matter if it's slightly after um but we want to have a perfect product and actually this gives us the opportunity to make it even more perfect even more perfect oh get out of my head (laughs) well it's the the stuff that we've been doing this week is going into the online transformational healing retreat which is awesome guys because this is progressive Mm -hmm. and crazy and it's actually going to be like module seven so everybody's like module seven right that makes sense to us because we're in it there's six modules of awesomeness before you get to the most awesome and then there's even more awesomeness afterwards up to 12 (laughs) (laughs) we'll get there guys thank you so much for all your support for everything that you do if you've liked this episode even though we've rambled on and on and gone round the houses and gone crazy as we always do share it Tell your friends that you're listening to this great new podcast that everyone should be listening to. If you want to work with us, send us an email. As we've said, price should not be an obstacle to working with the Unveil coaching team. So we are willing to work with people who we feel are the most perfect fit. If you think that's you, send us a message and we will see what we can do. I love it. I love it. We'd love to work with anyone and everyone who is ready. Mm, is ready Mm. i mean that's that's the main criteria are you ready are you committed those are some of the main criteria for working with us it's like then let's get in here and let's get nuts let's get crazy let's shake things up and we've just recorded wanna... a whole, yeah and we've just recorded a whole podcast and asking for what you need so if you think that we are what you need ask for it love it <laughs> But for now, my name is Brace Harris. And my name is Victoria Fenton. And we are... Unveil. Stay informed with all things Unveil. Sign up for the newsletter at unveilenterprises.com forward slash sign up. Sign up.